This episode of Dear Adam Silver is brought to you by Bookman's. What better time than now to support our favorite local businesses? And for me here in Tucson, it's Bookman's. I was just at Bookman's the other day, and they had just what I was looking for, which was the book Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the 60s by Tom O'Neill, which was supposed to be a Christmas gift for my sister, but I just had to read it myself first. Chaos unpacks and rethinks the concept behind the helter-skelter prosecution of the Manson family by the infamous prosecutor Vincent Bugliosi. This book is fascinating and really calls into question the original determinations made around the case and ties the murders to the U.S. government in more ways than one. I really recommend it. And so back to Bookman's, it's very important now in the pandemic more than ever to shop and spend our money locally and with businesses we care about and trust. Bookman sells used books, records, movies, musical instruments, and more, and is a wonderful community-oriented store where the shelves are actually stocked with items brought in by the community. In addition to shopping, you can also trade your own used items in at Bookman's for cash or store credit. Bookman's has curbside pickup for books ordered ahead of time and for selling in trades. Please visit www.bookmans.com for more information and to find your nearest location. And remember, Bookman's has cool covered. Just because I dunk the basketball doesn't mean I should raise your kid. Hello, and welcome back to Dear Adam Silver, a show dedicated to creating and discussing alternative perspectives on sports and art. I am your host, Abigail Smithson, and my guest today is Zoe Lambert, who just completed a documentary titled Adia, which focuses on the recent history of the University of Arizona women's basketball program and is named for the head coach of the women's basketball team, Adia Barnes. Zoe and I discussed the initial idea for this documentary, how it evolved over time, and some of her favorite parts. The documentary will be streamed on the Lofts website in February, which is a local theater here in Tucson, and I will include all the details about that in the show notes. Thanks so much to Zoe for coming on and all the work she put into making this doc and celebrating U of A women's basketball. And thank you to you all for listening. I am here today with Zoe Lambert, who is studying film at the U of A, and recently, sorry for those of you not in Tucson, that means the University of Arizona, uh, and this past semester made a documentary about the Lady Wildcats, the women's basketball team at the University of Arizona. So thank you so much, Zoe, for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this project. Let's start with a clip from one of your interviews with head coach Adia Barnes. Having your players for four years is key. It's what women's basketball is about, and I think that's what makes women's basketball special. Because you can't develop a whole lot in one season. You can maybe like refine some things, but you can't change a player's game or have them drastically improve in that short time. So you see them as a freshman, you watch them grow at the end of their freshman year, sophomore, junior, you see the growth, you're a part of that growth and that process. You have them for one year, you don't get that. Yes. So let's start from the beginning. You know, what has been your relationship with U of A women's basketball and how did you decide to make uh, the program a subject for your documentary? Yeah. So uh, I'm from Tucson and I grew up going to a lot of sporting events with my parents. Um, 
I went to a lot of gymnastics meets when I was a kid and then went to a lot of football games and basketball games. And later, um, I ended up going to some of the, the women's games and the kind of the first time I really started going to their games was when they were playing in the uh, WNIT tournament, which is kind of like the second tier of the NCAA. So there's like the 64 teams who play in the NCAA. And then there's like the second tier who play in the WNIT and the U of A women's basketball actually got to host at McHale center in Tucson. So, you know, they kept winning each game and then there's like, all these fans just kept coming. So it was this really exciting, I think, couple of weeks where, you know, they just kept winning and more fans came. And then finally it was like the last game and it was in front of a sold out crowd. And so it was this incredibly historic moment where they win the WNIT championship in front of a sold out crowd. And it was just kind of that to me was this really exciting moment in sports that I felt so inspired by. So kind of from that, I was already in the film program. So I knew I wanted to work with them in some capacity. Um, yeah. And then, Oh, go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say, you know, as far as the, the project, maybe the prompt that, that, that gave you the idea that you would pursue a documentary with the team Mm -hmm. and how, how that sort of came to be as far as access goes and things like Mm -hmm. that. So, um, we kind of know ahead of time in the program what classes you're going to take. So we knew that we would be making a a short documentary when we signed up for the BFA. So I kind of went in thinking, Hey, that, that would be such a cool subject. I would really love to do a documentary on the women wildcat team. Um, but it was also of course in the middle of the pandemic. So I didn't really know how access would work with that, but I just ended up reaching out to, um, Adam Gonzalez, who's, I forget his exact title, but he's essentially like the kind of marketing coordinator for the team. And he was just pretty much game from the get-go and was just so helpful in setting up interviews with Adia Barnes, the head coach, and with a few of the players. And he also um, gave me a lot of, of footage, like past archival footage that I was able to use um, and photos. So I wouldn't have been able to do this project without without their help and without them giving me so much kind of starting material. Um, so kind of the only thing that I really went out and shot was I had a little bit of footage that I had shot on my phone throughout like the previous season. And then I did Zoom interviews with Adia Barnes and then a couple of the players too. And how did sort of where you start with the project, your idea of what the documentary would look like, how did that change over the course of making it as far as what you ended up with? So definitely when I started, I didn't really know what to focus on. And I kind of, you know, when I first pitched the project, my ideas were kind of all over the place and wanting to cover so many facets of the team and the players and just kind of way too much. So kind of the feedback that I was given was to really narrow down the focus. And after a couple of drafts of the different pitches that we had to do, I decided that it would make a lot of sense to really focus on Adia Barnes. um, And instead of, you know, trying to like cover too much. So kind of from there, I got all the, some of the materials that I would work with and started doing some kind of preliminary interviews 
and just I had a sense of wanting to kind of cover her because she was actually a former Wildcat player as well and then she was in the WNBA so she is such this kind of really fascinating person who has kind of turned around this like struggling team in such a short amount of time so that was something that kind of evolved over the course of of really editing the project together of you know there's so much that I could have put in but really wanting to focus on you know getting a little brief um, part about her being a player and in the WNBA, but then also really just focusing on how she really transformed this team. So that, that I think kind of things just evolved naturally from there. Sure. And, and sort of how did you come to, to get that sort of decide that you wanted the documentary to focus on, on, um, Adia Barnes rather than, you know, having that be a little like facet of it that stood out to Mm -hmm. you? Um, I think it's a good question. Let me think. Um, I think probably because I had just been reading so much about her and, you know, she also coaches with her husband. So there's kind of all these like really interesting facts about her and she's just kind of this really incredible person who she, you know, played all over Europe. She was one of the first, so the WNBA uh, was founded in, I think, 1996, and she was drafted a couple years later. So she was like one of, you know, the first members of the WNBA. So um, that wasn't end up, ended up not being what I really focused on, but it was just so cool to kind of hear her backstory and just this like, w- this female coach who is really inspiring, like the next generation of, of female basketball players. And so that was definitely really um just really exciting and interesting to learn more about her. Let's hear more from Coach Barnes herself about arriving in Tucson to coach and what has happened since. When I came to Arizona, we weren't, we weren't good. I just felt the expectations and the standards were so low. So that was, that was like disappointing to me. Like we'd go into games and I knew we were going to lose. I knew it'd be a miracle to even be close. And it's discouraging as a coach, as a young coach, their first or second year, because you're trying constantly think, okay, is it me? Am I not coaching them right? You're not thinking all the time, oh, we're just not good enough. You're thinking like, God, what can I do better? You know? Um, so that that was hard personally, very, very hard. There was moments when I was like, like this is gonna take a long time to build. I remember one of my first goals was like, I said this time, we're going to be all-stars in the community. And then my product on the floor is going to get better because we're going to work at it, right? It just definitely gave us a sense of urgency, um, a hunger to make the tournament. So everything, it just changed the program completely. So everybody in Tucson was excited, waiting for the next year. And then we had our fan base like tripled. When you draw like that women's basketball, it's exciting. So that wouldn't happen if we wouldn't have that momentum from the NIT year. What did you learn just as a filmmaker about the process of sort of storytelling, visual storytelling, and and telling the story of this person and this this kind of institution through your documentary? Yeah, so she – so it was kind of an interesting time to make a documentary because we were in the pandemic, so it was like severely limiting – what we were able to do. So I, I kind of come from a strong background of editing. That's kind of my 
main area of kind of passion and expertise in filmmaking. So kind of getting the opportunity to make something that was so editing focused was, was really interesting to me. Um, and so just kind of the process of doing so many drafts and really learning this kind of formal technique of going through and doing select reels, which is you kind of like do just multiple drafts and you keep kind of refining things down. And then once you kind of have your footage kind of refined, then that's when you actually start going and start editing together the story. And it's just kind of interesting with fiction filmmaking, you really go in with this, the story, this like very specific lines and everything, but with a project like this, I mean, you can kind of have this whole plan in your head, but when you actually see like what you have and what the, what your subjects are actually telling you, you have to kind of be really adaptable and be willing to kind of, you know, add more story when something kind of interesting pops up or, you know, not include something. So there, it's just a much more, in terms of editing and storytelling, you really have to kind of be a lot more adaptable to to changing and um, kind of keep just thinking of new ways to like show your story and be really direct with like how you're using images and sound and interview and kind of all of these like pieces that you have to weave together. So it it's a definitely a very different form of filmmaking and editing versus yeah, fiction film or something where you go in really having a clear story and purpose and what you're trying right, to you say. Right, you don't have as much control or get to mm-hmm. call the shots as much. You're kind of adapting. Yeah. And this has been such a strange time for sports because, you know, as as someone who watches them or as a fan, you kind of have some distance from, from a lot of teams that, uh, you know, there's just been less sports, mm-hmm. less of everything. Yeah. Uh, and it's just interesting that during this time is when you really, like, dove in to, to getting to know this <laughs> yeah. team and getting to know the the people on the team and sort of the story behind it. And what sort of... I mean, what, did you get a chance to talk to the pl- the players or to uh, Adia Barnes just about sort of how sports can come out of the pandemic, or how college sports can? Just in, in terms of like how they can move past it or just how... Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a tricky thing because it's it's something that's... It's a, it's a point of contention right now mm-hmm. is like who should be playing right now. And mm-hmm. especially with college level players, it's seeming like... Uh, at certain levels, it's like happening because the university is wanting to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just not necessarily for like the love of the game. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm also sure that like coaches and athletes want to be doing the thing that they really enjoy doing. Um, and yeah. so that tension there of, of uh, yeah, just also being part of like a, an uh, institution that's larger than just the team. It's, uh, you know, uh, uh, the university. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, definitely. We, I talked about that uh, COVID with Adia Barnes kind of in, in length and um, kind of the sense that I gathered from also the players that I interviewed is most of them really, really wanted to play because they had gotten so much better the last season when COVID hit. Right. Before, so they really did have such a huge opportunity to go to the NCAA championships. I think a lot of them really felt so sad that their right. their season just ended. So I think there was a sense that, you know, they they knew that there was going to be risks and they did want to play and, you know, not, not at all to downplay like any 
you know, fear that they might've had um, kind of playing. And I think Adia Barnes is also just saying, yeah, there's definitely a lot of concerns for you just have no idea what's going to happen this season. And, you know, there's a lot of just COVID scares that can happen. I kind of keep up with like all of the news that have, when they've been playing this season and, you know, just going on the road is really hard and they can't really find teams to play. So they're having to play um, all conference games really early on. So there's just definitely so many weird kind of barriers that make this season really challenging and yeah, definitely scary. Um, But I do think overall they, they really want to play and they're really excited to play and they have some really incredible new talent this season too. And um, just following them, they, they just look like they're having a lot of fun and, yeah, I think they, they just want to play and just get better. It is really incredible how uh, it, it takes a lot to have a really great team mm-hmm. and to be really competitive uh, at that level. And it's just it – is uh, it's really hard thinking about – you know, I'm sure the U of A women's team was like one of many teams last year that kind of had the rug pulled out from under them mm-hmm. as far as just having worked for this and, you know, having some success in, in recent years and really building something. It's like it's hard to just skip – all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And Ari McDonald, she's like one of the best players in the country. She actually decided to stay around at the UVA for one more season because she felt, you know, in her words, just in different interviews, she's talked about how she really felt like there was unfinished business. And, you know, she had a really good shot of being able to go play in the WNBA, but she decided to stick around with this team for another season. So I think that really is a testament to just idea Barnes and the program just being really supportive of the athletes and yeah, just being really competitive. Right. And c- creating a, a culture that people want to, to stay uh, a part <laughs> of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is there anything that stood out to you in particular? Some, uh, something that idea Barnes said to you during your interviews, something that just you, you've held on to about, about what she shared about the team or about what she's trying to do there at U of A. Yeah. So, and this kind of speaks, I think, to women's basketball in general, but something that she really, I tried to include kind of in a few different ways, but just in terms of women's basketball, they're around for four years. They don't, you know, it's not one and done as in men. So she really sees herself so much as a mentor for these young women and not wanting to focus on, you know, just them playing basketball, but really wanting to help kind of guide them into their future after basketball. And I feel like that's such a kind of unique thing that you have this coach who really prides herself in also being a great mentor to these players. And she's a mother and, you know, she's kind of been able to do all these really great things with her life. And I think she really just wants to set up her players so much for success in the future. So just, yeah, I think that was something that was so cool about her and about the program that it's not just she wants it's not just about basketball it really is about um yeah helping them become really well-rounded women too and here's coach barnes explaining some of this in her own words you know there's so much more as a woman in in a professional career i think that you have so much more to juggle with you have like right now I'm on a Zoom and like, sorry to burp her, but right now I'm on a Zoom and like breastfeeding a baby, which is happens all the time. And like, 
um, what's happened last six weeks. <laughs> um, like no one will know I have the camera high. They don't know I'm like breastfeeding on a Zoom call. But like I have to learn how to say no to certain things and like no, like, you know, have family time and stuff like that. And that's that's a challenge. But I think a lot of women, if they don't have support and then it's, it's really difficult to do your job as a coach. So I think the the positive thing is the, the young women I mentor, they're able to see me as a coach. They're able to see me as a mom. They're able to see me like carrying 5,000 bags in the airport with the kid. But they're able to see it and understand like you can do it and you can be successful and good at both. And it just take, it might take a little less sleep or a little sacrifice, but it's worth it. It's what women do. Wonderful. That's so, um, I'm so excited to see the this documentary. So tell us a little bit about where we can find it and when we can find it. So we're going to be having a screening with The Loft, which is the cinema in the like local cinema in Tucson. I think it starts on February 4th and we don't know all the details yet, but I think it's going to be up for a week live streaming on the loft's website. And I'm not quite clear on how much tickets are going to be, but essentially uh, it's going to be through the loft and everybody will be able to stream it online. And it's, it's called Adia. Is that right? It is. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, well, I so appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit about it. It's so exciting to have uh, Tucson folks on the podcast talking about stuff that's happening here, all the exciting things that are happening, even if it feels like some exciting things aren't happening right now. It's just, you know, keeping the keeping the ball sort of moving is is exciting Mm -hmm. on that. So thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course.